Welcome to Invisible Giants, the podcast where we aim to highlight the unsung heroes of Minnesota's unheralded business leaders. You know, the ones you don't hear about every day on LinkedIn. I'm your host, Dietrich Jessen, and we are glad you have joined us for today's episode. The evolution and discovery of mental illness is becoming more and more prevalent in our culture today, and how the workplace is evolving to accommodate those is something of great importance to many people. We all know someone, perhaps including ourselves, that suffer with a mental illness, yet we carefully tiptoe around the subject in our workplaces to avoid the stigmas, stress, and sometimes the shame. But there are two people in our community, however, that are dedicated to bringing awareness around mental health and how organizations can embrace these issues honestly, carefully, and with empathy. I'm so excited to welcome Lori Healy, Head of Growth for Fuel Collective, and Mark Peterson, CEO of Charles Consulting, to today's podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So before we get started, Lori, why don't we start with you? Can you tell us a little more about yourself, where you're from, your background, and what you're doing today with Fuel Collective? Yeah, absolutely. So you may not know this about me, but I'm actually an island girl, uh, born in Honolulu, Hawaii. And when uh, that climate could no longer compete with Moorhead, Minnesota, my parents moved us uh, up here. And uh, so I'm a really a Midwest girl at heart, being raised in both uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, with uh, both my siblings, but have been in Minneapolis for probably the past 25 years. So um, that got me here, and uh, I've been pretty involved in uh, the tech industry here in Minneapolis-St. Paul since the late 90s, and happened upon Field Collective, which is a great startup and entrepreneurial community, uh, almost five years ago, and uh, that has me here today. Awesome. And can you tell, you mentioned it, can you tell us a little more about what Fuel Collective is and, and what you do specifically with them? Absolutely. So we are a co-working space, an event venue, and a social club all wrapped into one. So we have four locations here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and it's a place where startups, growing professional service businesses and entrepreneurs can come together uh, to be productive, but also be in a collaborative environment, working alongside other people uh, to grow their businesses and their dreams. And so I head up all of our growth initiatives, working primarily with our small businesses and startups that are coming into our community and looking for a great community to be a part of. Nice. And we at Troust are members of Fuel Collective. And um, I'll segue there. Um, A lot of people that might have been listening to our podcast up until this episode probably don't know a lot about the organization that... Uh, is the sponsor and that is you know behind these podcast series and so mark as the ceo why don't you tell us a little bit about troust and where it's come from and what it does today well i'd love to do that i wish i was an island guy <laughs> i actually grew up on the mississippi river so the only thing i was familiar with were sandbars okay water uh, water we got yeah, that common got connection that common. uh so i was a corporate guy with ibm for many years and uh had a chance to meet hundreds of companies and thousands of decision makers. And 20 years ago, I had the opportunity to co-found Troust. And Troust, by its name, uh, Troust is an old Norwegian word, meaning to rely upon and have confidence in. It's an old Norse, old Norwegian word. And uh, the focus of our organization is to build trusting relationships and help people develop solutions to their business, both in terms of how they run their business, but then how they use technology in enabling their business. 
So we're just upon our 20th year of being in business, serving the greater Midwest and the broader markets across the country. And I'm very glad that we're doing podcasts like this. Thank you, Dietrich. Yeah, you bet. This is, it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, part of us being members here at Fuel Collective and um, being a member of the community here, um, you know, we, we often talk about, um, or we hear, it's, it's kind of become a buzzword, but, you know, the mental health awareness um, activity is, is, is upon us. And that's, it's really a great thing. There's a lot of places that are really heavily invested in that arena. And there's a lot of places that are trying to be, and then there's a lot of places that really haven't even gone down that road yet. And so today I wanted to just kind of spend some time talking about how important it is in life in general to, to have that awareness around mental health and what organizations can do um, to, to kind of support that advocacy within and then also to empower its employees um, and those that it's involved with, the clients or vendors or whatever, um, to also be a part of this movement and to, to, to make people more aware of something that has, has not really had a lot of awareness in the past. And so uh, I'd like to start, I'm gonna ask this question to both of you, but I'll start, I'll start with Lori. And I'm just curious, um, you know, how you became so involved in this advocacy work. I know that you're very involved across the Twin Cities metro area um, in this work. And so I'd just love you to tell us a little more about what got you there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, wellness in the workplace has always been really important for me. So while I've had a corporate career for most of my life, um, one of the things that I would always do on the side would be teaching wellness courses, both uh, physical fitness courses in the workplace, yoga, and things like that, because I always found that, um, you know, we come to work and we're putting forth a lot of energy and and uh, sometimes you just need a little bit of a break during the day. So just even that physical exertion, that wellness in the workplace, those activities are really important. Um, but there was a, a, a turning point in uh, my life uh, about a couple of years ago, and um, I have a um, sibling that struggled with a substance use disorder for most of his adult life and uh, unfortunately he lost that battle in October of 2017 and um, at the time uh, you know we was a very uh, difficult experience for our family and it had been something for many years that we had struggled with um, mostly in secrecy really hiding behind the shame and stigma of having addiction connected with our family and uh, when I looked at what our family had gone through in terms of our journey, you know, I looked at that and said, well, here we are living in this metro area where we have access to some of the greatest treatment resources and recovery resources. Mm -hmm. um, you know, generally, you know, educated as a family, so knew how to maybe navigate the system. Um, but yet we were still so lonely and completely lost. And I realized, you know, we never talked about this really outside of our family unit because we were we were embarrassed by it. There was a lot of shame and stigma, and I thought, um, shouldn't have to be this way. So, um, you know, in that situation, I think you can either go through an experience like that and be broken by it, or you can be broke open by it. And um, the latter for me is is really what that did. And uh, I had an experience when I came back to work after I had um, been gone um, for his, his funeral and uh, taken some personal time. And I had a colleague at the time come up to me and say, you know what, I have a sibling who's also struggling with addiction. And I said, I had no idea. You know, we don't talk about these things right. at the workplace. And that's the thing. And that, that said to me, you know, we should be because people are coming to work every day and have these personal lives with some heavy stuff going on. And while it may not even be that person who's dealing 
themselves with maybe a mental illness or um, substance use disorder, they have family members and friends that are, and that takes a toll on us as friends and family members as well. So at that point, I decided, you know, I'm just, I'm going to share my story. I don't know what that looks like yet, but along the way, once I started doing that, these doors started opening and people wanted to talk about it. And um, I found other people in the community, specifically in the technical community, that said, these issues are important to me as well. And so we just, we started hosting conversations at places like Mini Demo and Startup Week to get the conversations rolling. And that was very, very well received. Yeah, a lot of, it, like you said, it affects more people than we know. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it might not be us specifically, the individual, but, you know, someone in our, we were just talking about degrees of separation, right? Someone that's very close to us that, that is dealing with it. And so um, it, it's hard to start the conversation, but it's it's always fruitful once it is started. I, I agree with you on that. Mark, I'm, I'm curious about you. How did you, um, you and I have talked a little bit about mental health and, and how um, you place an important emphasis on that here at Troust. You do, and um, that's been something that, that I've noticed about you since I started here. And so I'm just curious where your life has taken you to to have a, a realization that this is an important issue. This is something that everyone should be thinking about, and especially in the workplace. So what kind of, what kind of brought you to that realization? Well, I think it starts with uh, one of the deep burning fires inside of me is a real genuine interest in people. And I like to get to know people uh, beyond just the transactional aspect of standing in line with somebody or doing business with somebody or attending an event. And you started our piece today about talking about the evolution and discovery. And for me, um, overall health starts with the individual. And uh, I think as I've advanced in my career and my life, I've realized how precious every day is, not only to feel well physically, but to feel well mentally. And I think my years of work of being an advocate and active in helping people that are less fortunate and homeless um, has taught me that there's people out there that when you look at people on the surface, whether it's in your workplace or someone on the street, unless you take an extra moment to take a closer look and go beyond just asking, hey, how you doing? You can pick up on things about what that person has experienced and where they're at today. And I think overall mental well-being in terms of how I interact with people, how my company interacts with people, how we become part of a community and we're conscious of, of how people are doing around us is really something that I, I stress in, in having a chance to talk to people about how important it is to take that extra moment to realize where someone else might be on that particular day or at that particular moment. Yeah. And that's, um, that's really important for, um, you know, not only us at Troust, but also for a lot of people that are listening right now, it's some way that they can say, okay, how can I become more involved in this awareness or in this advocacy? Right. Because there's so many people out there, including some people that I know that, they see it constantly in their workplace or they hear about it a little bit, but they don't know what to do about it. Right. We don't have those foundational conversations, you know, um, especially in corporate culture. It's it's very stigmatized and, and often shame is is centered around the topic. Um, and, and that that's that comes from years building up of years of that shame and that those stigmas. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Lori. If you were to sit across from someone right now that was in a leadership position at a Fortune 500 company or at a mom and pop shop that hires 12 people or, um, you know, a mid-sized business, 
and you had the opportunity to sit across from someone that that was really focused or was really looking at innovating their company culture or bringing their culture up to speed and to remain relevant with with the current times what would you tell them on how to involve their employees um, and, and bec- make their employees more aware and make it more of a, a, a kosher thing to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to steal a little bit from Simon Sinek because I love what he says specifically about um, being a leader, right? You know, he says, you know, leadership, it's not a rank, it's a responsibility. And when you think about us as leaders, a lot of times you think about a leader being in charge. But really you need to flip that a little bit and think about as leaders, we have people in our charge and it's responsible for us to come alongside them and really understand what's going on in their life. So if you take that at a practical level, maybe take a look at um, sales, which can be very cutthroat, right? So you might maybe have someone on your sales team, they're not they're not hitting their numbers. It's not looking good for the organization. I think a lot of times we hear about people getting put on plans. If you don't hit your plan, you know, sorry, you're not going to you're not going to make the cut. But what if we as leaders were to come alongside those people and sit down with them instead of we're going to come up with this plan and we're going to hold you accountable to this, but before that have a conversation and say, "Hey, I noticed, you know, your numbers aren't looking too great. What's going on? Is there something standing in the way that is um, preventing you from achieving your goal. And I think that having that mindset of understanding that we are responsible for the well-being of the people that are coming into our spaces every day, that's so important. And it might be the only connection point that they have throughout the day. Maybe there's some really tough stuff going on at home and they don't have anybody to talk about that. So I think um, as, as leaders, and I love what Mark says about, you know, really taking that intentional time, right? We fly by our colleagues, hey, how you doing? You know, what'd you do this weekend? Without right. really taking the time to listen. So I think um, with, with kind of that example that I gave, I think, it does come down to that listening. When we're listening, we're usually listening to reply. We're not always listening to understand. And I think that's a skill that all of us can be practicing more. I know that I'm working on that day by day. Um, so I think those would be be the two key lessons that I would, I would share with somebody. And I would build off that. I think two things that uh, I've seen our company do in its leadership and in its actions is one, starting foundationally, we built things into our value statements around trust and integrity and respect. And then individually for myself, I, I keep an open door policy. I want people within our organization and with our clients to be able to talk to me about things that are important to them that impact our work together and impact our way of making positive contribution to their lives. Yeah. It's, it's very evident here at Trouse. And so I know I can speak personally when I say I appreciate that. And I know that, that other people in the organization do as well. And I think that, you know, you make a really good point too, Lori, that it, that it comes from this place of, of caring about the employee or the, um, the partner from a whole perspective and, and, and having them, um, understanding them completely first before kind of getting into the, the, the details of their job, and especially as it pertains to, you know, how can I help them um, be more aware of this, of these stigmas and, and that, that exist in the workplace and just know that I'm a, I'm a supportive person, you know, and I'm, I'm someone that they can talk to. Um, I think so much of that um, is the, is the issue, right? That, 
you know, you, you, you have a textbook definition of what a boss is or what a someone in executive leadership is. And, you know, God forbid you cross the line at all with them to talk, you know, about your personal life um, because that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, your work life, which I think is, is starting to kind of turnover. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it is starting to come over and switch over. I, I feel like we're kind of at a tipping point and I'm, I'm so appreciative of just even having this chance to have this discussion here today. But you, you're hearing this more and more across communities that these conversations are happening in panels and forums and, and places like that. Um, but I, I think it is important to also, you know, understand and respect there, there certainly are things that people may not want to talk their, to their employers about. And that's, that's absolutely true. fine. So yeah. I but I think we can also look at that as leaders in the organization and say, well, what are we doing to make sure that we have uh, workplaces that are friendly when it comes to mental wellness, when it comes to substance use disorders, and a lot of times those are co-occurring. So it's things like, um, you know, making sure that maybe there's a policy where you have a mental health day, right? And you have to give no reason for why you're taking it. But just taking a look at some of those uh, some of those ways in which the organization is run that can pr- provide signals that we as an organization are concerned about your physical health, um, your your mental health, and and there's there's many different dynamics of that. Yeah, can you talk a little bit? I know you, you you're very familiar with this scene, and you work with a lot of different businesses, so you might know a little bit about their policies. But what are some creative ways that you have seen organizations um, invest in whole wellness as a whole? Um, you know, I can think of a few examples off the top of my head, but I'm just curious yeah. about if you have any you'd like to share. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've seen some organizations when they, they do like a one-day, two-day planning session, whether it's a small organization or even larger, um, but bringing in a speaker on that topic, right? Doing a, doing a presentation just all around wellness and how are you taking care of, of yourself as an individual? Um, how does that extend into your family? Because again, I think these, these organizations that understand if we take care of our people, they're going to help us take care of the business. And part of that is being a, a a well person, mind, body, and spirit, and so um, I think the organizations that are incorporating those types of activities into things like their planning sessions, or just even you know ongoing within the business. One of the organizations I used to work for, we did you know yoga um, on, over over the lunch hour, and um, that would be a way that people could opt into doing something that wasn't work related at all, but it gave them a little bit of a, a you know bump during the day. So try to think, think of some others here, but Mark, I'd be curious to know too what you've seen. Well, I was going to mention, I think one of the things that our organization loves so much about being part of Fuel Collective is we have a chance to be part of the energy, a part of the positivity of being in an environment like this, whether it's from big events or small events or just meeting people casually in the hallway. I think one of the things that we love is the fact that this place is a welcoming, warm, caring feeling place to work each and every day and I never overlook that Mm -hmm. there is something to be said about that too I haven't really thought about that as much but uh, one of our colleagues Wyatt um, he and I have had this conversation too about you know you know why do we think that the co-working space is is so popular and it's it you know you don't advertise in your materials that it's a a place for you to for you you know just to uh, you know in, in, in embrace your your desire to be social with people or to kind of help get, take a mental break, walk away from your office and go talk to people, right? Um, but but that's exactly what it is. You know, Wyatt describes this this pulse, you know, has like this heartbeat of like, 
you kind of, okay, I need to just close my computer for a minute. I need to walk out there. And then you're just met with some sort of energy. Like Mark said, you're just met with a smiling face or, um, you know, you're seeing other people engaged in a team meeting that, that inspires you more. And so, you know, innately, you know, these facilities and, and they're all over the world, mm-hmm. right They're And they're just, they keep growing, um, are allowing for, for that to, to take place, you know? And it's not something that you think about every day. Oh yeah, I work at this amazing place that really puts an emphasis on mental health and, you know, because they provide all these opportunities for me to walk outside my office and see this, but that's just kind of natural. Right. And that I think that, um, a lot of people would, if we, if we brought that up to the majority of people that are sitting right here in downtown Minneapolis, that they would agree, you know, they leave a stressful meeting in a conference room and they walk out to see someone celebrating a, you know, they hit their quarterly goals out Mm -hmm. there on the trading floor. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just something that, um, can really boost morale and that's uh that's really valuable and i'd like to bridge off that to a broader place in the world i think there's a lot of ways each of us each and every day can make meaningful contributions even in seeing things that seem so small uh, but the power of a greeting the power of the smile power of eye contact to someone who may be less fortunate maybe not having a good day that sharing of that of that energy into the universe is a really important contribution that all of us can make consciously every day to the lives of others around us. I, I mean, I absolutely agree. It all comes down to connection. You could argue that we could all be sitting in individual offices, home offices, with the power of technology connecting us doing this podcast right Mm -hmm. but we're coming together we're making that eye contact we're able to read each other's you know the visual communications and so when you come into spaces like this it really is about that because what's the opposite of of connection it's isolation it's loneliness and so the beauty of these places is you're able to opt in as much or as little as you want depending on what you want for that day but you're still connected you're all connected to something bigger than yourself. And I think that's really important, especially as we take a look at the rise of, you know, mental mental illness and the skyrocketing of depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and people just claiming they're lonely. Yeah. And you're seeing this exact kind of model being replicated in a lot of corporate cultures, right? So like Target, for instance, they are mostly oriented around the cubicle traditional office space, but they have on on several different floors these big community spaces that are very similar to to what we have here at Fuel Collective. You know, they're open spaces. They have coffee. They have, um, you know, LaCroix and all this kind of stuff and foosball tables and stuff for people to kind of come and, you know, okay, they need to put their computers down for a few minutes and come be in community together. And so um, you see it, you know, I don't want it to be this us and them kind of thing, right, that saying corporate culture is not doing anything about it, you know. But um, so we're starting to see some of that, take place in a lot of the larger organizations that are even here in the Twin Cities. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you both, what um, what kind of events are there? If you're both aware, you might you want, you know, Laura, you might want to start with this one or Mark, whoever wants to start. Um, what kind of events and forums and conversations um, are there available to people in the Twin Cities that might be going, you know what? I need to get involved in this and I need to, I need to become more aware. What, 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 what are things that they could do? 
Oh my goodness. I mean, there's so many different things. And I think it also comes down to what are you as an individual looking for, whether you're struggling with something yourself or whether you have a loved one or a family member that's going through something. So kind of comes down to that. I mean, there's been lots of grassroots events that have recently formed here in the Twin Cities to um, recognize, um, you know, the different mental illness issues we're dealing with, whether it be with um, suicide or um, substance use or things like that. Um, but I, I also, I mean, I go back to social, there are some really great uh, social groups to be a part of, to tap in, to find that connection. And I, I think that's important to to also note um, for rural communities. I'm sure this po this podcast can be yep. listened to anybody, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. while there's some great resources here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, I think a lot of times for our rural communities, it can be hard to tap into those same events. So I think there's a lot of great stuff that's, um, that's happening online. I always try to... Um, point people towards organizations that um, can be large in um, scale. So like ANAMI, which is the National Association of Mental Illness, or SAMHSA, which is a substance abuse and mental health um, awareness organization. And there's a lot of things going on at a local level to find education or tap into that. So um, I would start with that. And then I think um, just, you know, even... I'll even go out on Eventbrite or on Facebook events, and it's amazing to see what I can find right. in terms of what's happening. Like Lori... I've talked in today's podcast about my experience in a broader community, but like Lori, I've had uh, situations happen within my family, and I can't stress enough the value of an organization supporting or the individual taking time to look at attending a mental health awareness, like a Saturday morning event or a certification that takes place over a Saturday and Sunday. That awareness, just for getting some training and some broader knowledge of what it can mean for your own health as well as those around you. I, I did that through my faith community, and it was a fabulous experience, and it, it just so happened that God timed that at a perfect time in my life because it became very valuable in the months and years ahead. And I would strongly encourage anybody to take the time, just like you get certified in any other means that's mm -hmm. important to your work, your career, or your family, take time to get some mental health education. Absolutely, yeah, I, I would, uh, faith communities are a great place to go for these types of things, and there's a lot going on in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area around yeah. that. Um, you, you mentioned it, and I think it's a really good uh, point that you make, and I apologize for not bringing it up earlier, but rural communities, we often, we often, uh, I'll just say it, we often forget about them, right? Because we are so busy, and we're just here in the hustle and bustle, mm -hmm. and we talk about, well, what opportunities are here and here and in the Twin Cities? But there are people that are dealing with the same issues that are in communities where they have, they're really lonely, Absolutely. you know? And, and, and so it's, it's important for us to remember that too. And, and, and I'm curious if you, do you know of any resources that are out there um, that, that, are, that can be more accessible to people in the, in the rural community? Obviously the, the internet is, is one area, but that only gets you so far. So I think that, I mean, that that is where, again, a lot of people are going to have to start because, um, you know, unless you're, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go back to the whole area of substance use because that's right. where a lot of my experience comes from. Um, obviously, there's groups like Al-Anon, and in the rural communities, you're starting to see things like Al-Anon and AA take place for families, um, which is a pretty broad, you know, 
model. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I don't know. I go back to technology. I think it's very power, a very powerful way to reach a large group of people that are dealing with these types of things. And I think we're only going to start to see more and more solutions that people can tap into there. Um, it's just, it's the, I think the quickest and fastest way to reach people right now. And a lot of times when people are dealing with these crisis situations, where are we going? We're going onto Google and we're searching for something. Yeah. And I've, I've seen just in my own perusal of, of the internet and, and trying to become more aware, um, there are amazing, um, in the corporate world, we use zoom technology, right? Which has these virtual conference rooms. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are using that for wellness gyms. Absolutely. You're and seeing a lot with e-therapy. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. I have so many friends. I, and the reason I bring it up is because I see it on my Instagram, you know, on the, when I when I check it in the evening. And it's like so many people. And I'm seeing more and more and more people that are signing up for these, what they're calling virtual gyms. And they are wellness check-in points. And so you come in once a week and you meet with like 30 people in this in this chat room but it's a video chat and everyone gets to see everybody and say hello to everybody um but it allows you to kind of bring your goals and bring forward your uh, you know if you're trying to to be more active or you're trying to improve upon your mental health or just you know your 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 wellness in general it's this place for people to to have this community because yeah. they don't have one. And I've noticed that the people that I've seen that are involved with it are in more rural communities. So it, 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 it does, it's not like sitting across from someone, but it is the next best thing almost. And it's becoming so popular. Yeah. I also think, um, obviously there have been a lot of podcasts that have popped up to talking specifically about these issues, which then have communities related with them where again people have these shared experiences mm -hmm. that they're able to connect over and for a lot of people that's very healing it's mm -hmm. a way for them to maybe better understand a situation that, that they're going through themselves or someone that they love is going through so I think there's just there's a lot of powerful ways for people to connect I do think we've seen us come a long way especially within the power of a larger city and the resources of a larger city and the focus of so many people and organizations but there is a challenge for people that live in the outstate in the smaller communities to be aware of and have access to those things. And we've got a long way to go in people that live in more remote areas. Yeah. And I'm going to segue a little bit um, off of what you just said and talk a little bit about how um, House of Charity is is there supporting people that are in our homeless community here in the Twin Cities. And can you talk a little bit about what House of Charity does to um, to tackle this issue and to help them achieve their independence. Right. Well, I think, first of all, House Charity starts, 75 years of it, starts by shining a beacon out to the community through the form of a warm meal. So people know that they can come to our food center and enjoy a meal, and with that, some camaraderie and some time with other people. And through that experience, they get connected, they get exposed to... The services that could lead to someplace warm to sleep that night or ultimately to affordable housing or programming for uh, dealing with a substance abuse issue or mental health issues so it really starts with giving a reason for someone to come and experience house to charity and that happens through a warm meal 
Yes, and, there, and there's other organizations too in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. that do similar things and that welcome people in that are that are part of the homeless community because I don't know the statistic, I'm not going to quote it, but I was reading an article about how there is a growing number of, of people in the homeless community that are struggling very hard um, with mental health issues or mm-hmm. substance use mm-hmm. um, disorders and um, it only gets worse once they enter into that homeless community and so it's great that there are organizations out there that are that are that are working hard and individuals too that are out there you know volunteering their time to um, to show how important um, life is mm-hmm. so. yeah I'm amazed by this community I mean I feel really fortunate to be living where we live because I take a look at um, all these situations where people typically feel very powerless or very hopeless and there's so many great organizations and people that are trying to change the trajectory of that and say no like actually you can be powerful in this situation you can be hopeful and um, that's really encouraging to see I agree we have a we have a long way to go but I think the more that we're having these types of conversations bringing awareness and just breaking down that stigma um, everybody can can take a part in that yeah I'm curious um we're going to kind of wrap it up here, but if you have any parting thoughts about anything that we've talked about today or any sage words of advice that you would pass on to people that are listening right now. Well, I think it's important that we all be thankful every day for not only feeling well, but giving ourselves a check of how we're doing uh, in our, in our mental well-being. And I think life can be very fragile and it starts with each of us individually. And if we're having a good day, if we can find a way to share that, and share that caring with others, I would start there. Yeah, that's great. Um, back to what I said earlier, just really listening to people, take the time to really hear what they're saying. I think that's one. And then I think for people that are struggling right now, I mean, those are the people that I would really want to talk to and say, you know, you are not alone. You may feel very alone, but you're not. And so speak up, reach out, whether that's the individual themselves struggling or a family or loved ones, there's other people out there to help you. And it can be very difficult to navigate that, but there are people out there that are just waiting to help you do that. So speaking up, and reaching out so that you can get that connection, get away from the isolation and into connection. It's so amazing. Um, I have a a friend specifically that um, when when we talk, it's, and she suffers a lot with with her mental illnesses and um, she, she often thinks that she's the only one that has this problem, you know, that, Oh, well, I just, I can't, I can't tell anybody because no one else is dealing with that. And I, I'm like, no, 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 wait, <laughs> you know, there's, I've heard from so many other people that have the same story and they have gotten so far because they've actually, they've, they've sought help, you know, and that's kind of my role. And, uh, I'm kind of opening up a little bit of a vulnerability here about that, but it's, it's this, this piece of, and even me myself in, in certain issues that it's like, you know, you think you're the only person that's dealing with that issue. And that, that sounds very simple for you to go, oh, well, no, there's no way you're the only one. But when you're stuck in that hole, that's all you think, right? Because that's, that's, that's your thoughts. That's everything. And so it is really important to whatever you can in the smallest sense speak out. And I do think that the workplace is can be a place that is the first to tell you you can speak out about this you know it might not be to the ceo of a large organization right but that there's these groups within that kind of this culture kind of is is seeping you know underneath the ground and it's it's there for you and i think that that's 
I think it's really important as we as we kind of go down this road of of, of the path that we really need to be heading down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just one closing thought. I know we need to wrap up, but I think it's important that we remember that these um, these are diseases we're dealing with, mental illness, substance use. These are diseases, and they have been treated historically very different than other diseases like diabetes or heart disease. Right. So I think that's why people like your friend have tr- trouble speaking out because they've been stigmatized and mm-hmm. shamed. It's and so, so as a community, we need to realize these are diseases of the brain that we need to be treating in a holistic and healthy manner well this was such a great conversation and and i feel like we could talk for for a while about it and um, i really appreciate both of your honest and um, you know supportive um, visions that you bring to this topic and um, i really appreciate Lori what you had to say about your journey and also mark how you have kind of brought um, the light of of mental health awareness um to your organization. And so thanks for being with us today. Thanks, All right. Now, I can tell you both been waiting for this. So this is the fun part of our podcast, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's been fun, but uh, kind of let our hair down a little bit. And uh, we're going to play a little game of trivia. So the way to work is I will ask uh, four questions, two to each of you. And you can tag team it if you want, okay? So, but mostly the questions mostly deal with... Um, something having to do with Minnesota or something um, happening current events in this country. I don't, I don't think I have too much other than Minnesota, but that's okay. And then for every, uh, what we've been doing in our podcast series is every answer, every question that you get right, we um, trust makes a donation to the house of charity, um, which is like Mark said, a nonprofit that helps people achieve independence. So um, with that, are we ready to go? We are ready. ready. So ready. All right, Lori, I'll let you go first. Oh, great. (laughs) All right, number one. Which Minnesota State Fair food contains the most calories? I'm going to have to go with my gut reaction and go with the cheese curds. Okay, you're you're similar. You're on the savory side. Go on the sweeter side. Um, Snickers, like. The deep fried Snicker, deep fried candy bars. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They didn't actually give deep a calorie fried. count. Okay. But I can well, imagine. it has to depend on the serving size too, right? I mean, if I eat that whole thing of cheese curds, that's or that whole bucket of cookies. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, of now ca- that that's a lot of calories. I think we need to, uh, you know, have someone go do some investigation that's right. because if you eat that entire bucket <laughs> of cookies, I think you have more of an issue than calories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you're right. <laughs> All right, Mark. This one's just for you. Number two. What's the real birthplace of Garrison Keillor, host of Prairie Home Companion and famous for his fictional hometown of Lake Wobegon, Minnesota? Well, I think that would be Albany, Minnesota. Well, you have the letter right, but it, it, it's another A. It's another A. It's, it's in the north suburbs. Would it be Anoka? Anoka. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the help, DJ. Where is Where is Albany? I'm just curious. Just a little north of St. Cloud. Okay. If I'm right. I think you're right. Perhaps he lived mm-hmm. there at some point. But Well, cool. Number three. All right, Lori, back to you. Okay. From 1967 to 1993, there was a professional hockey team that played their home games in Bloomington. They were called the Minnesota... North Stars. 
the reason I put that in there is because Mark was talking. He accidentally said North Stars the other day instead of Wild. So I was like, oh, you know what? That's be a good trivia mm-hmm, question. Mm-hmm. But I knew he would get that one. So I, he couldn't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark. Last one's for you. True or false? Minnesota contains more miles of shoreline than California, Florida, and Hawaii combined. That would be true. That's right. right. Now, the person that that I got this information from did say that it's true, but it's only true if you count all the rivers and streams, in addition to all the lakes. Wow. But, you know, it's it's up there. I wonder who had to do the research on that. Yeah. Not the job I would want. No. (laughs) Well, good. We got all four. That was fun. Thanks Thanks for playing. Again, thanks to both of you for taking time out of your busy days to be with us. And um, yeah, I look forward to where this conversation can go. Thank you. We'll we'll keep continuing the conversation. Thanks for stopping in with us today. For more information about these podcasts or to learn more about the organization behind them, visit us online at www.troust.com. I'm your host, Dietrich Jessen, and we look forward to welcoming you back to our next episode of Invisible Giants. Cheers. Cheers.